It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's game day. Time to tailgate with Jim Costa and Jeff Risden. Gun Lake Casino presents the Sunday Tailgate. Brought to you by Gun Lake Casino and Coppercraft Distillery. Let's kick things off. Let's do this, baby. We are on the eve of Monday Night Football. Lions and Packers. A lot to be excited about. Today's show starts off with a special announcement, though. He's Jeff Risden. I'm Jim Costa. We call this show the Sunday tailgate. And up until now, we haven't really fulfilled that tailgate component. But starting next week and every Sunday for the rest of the NFL season, we will be at Slow's Barbecue in downtown Grand Rapids enjoying oh, their lunch yeah. and brunch menu. Jeff, how excited are you? I can barely contain myself. I am, I'm already loosening my belt, getting ready for the Slow's. This is going to be fantastic. Thank you so much to Slow's for, for bringing us out there. We will be at their location every Sunday for the rest of the year. Yeah, all the way through week 17, talking Lions football with you guys and uh, eating some great brisket, some pulled pork, enjoying a football Sunday the way it should be, the tailgate way. You got you got to get the tailgate. You need food for your tailgate. What better place to go than Slows? Get some barbecue. I, you know, Having lived in both Virginia and Texas, I'm a bit of a, a different type of barbecue connoisseur. I'm I'm very curious. I've not been to Slows other than at Ford Field for the Lions game. So I'm I'm very curious about what they got, what their brisket is going to be like, what their pulled pork is going to do. I am and as you know, Jim, I like to eat. I was going to say, <laughs> Jeff, let me tell you. I'm from the east side of the state. This is terrific barbecue. They've been here for a while now. Maybe people aren't as familiar. Downtown Market in Grand Rapids. This is premier barbecue and uh, really cool that we're going to be out there starting next Sunday, 10 to noon every Sunday. Show is brought to you by Gun Lake Casino, Coppercraft Distillery, and now Slow's Barbecue. Really getting this thing going. We are growing, baby. We, we win an award, and everybody wants to be on our on our, <laughs> on our bandwagon. This is fantastic. Poor Brendan Riley. I know he'd love to get some barbecue in. Yes. I talked to Brendan yesterday, by the way. he, he uh, He's very jealous that we're getting Slow's. Although he is in Houston, the barbecue capital. He can get some Rudy's anytime he wants. So We're going to talk a lot of football today on the show. Not just Lions. We'll be talking about Michigan State's embarrassing loss and Mark oh. D'Antonio's outburst at the postgame press conference. That's coming up at 10.15. We're going to give you Jeff's West Michigan player spotlight at 10.30 and my Big Ten power rankings. We'll start mixing in a college football top 10 because there were some great games yesterday. It was a fantastic day to watch college football yesterday. It was great. We'll talk about Michigan's dominant first half and dormant second half, plus the reason I didn't get to watch any of the dominants in the first half. That's at 1045. You missed the good part, Jim. I, It's on the DVR. <laughs> Jeff, I think the Lions are going to win on Monday night. Wow, no no bones about it. Jim comes firing out. They're going to win. I think so, and my confidence has grown throughout the week. Green Bay is a 4-1 and football team that's getting a lot of love, and they're playing at home. Mm-hmm. But there's a bunch of things that go the way of the Lions when breaking this one down. The extra week to prepare is critical. 
which is why the Lions are the healthier football team. Devontae Adams still not going to play for Green Bay on Monday night. He's their top receiver. Meanwhile, the Lions are getting guys back. It looks like no official word, but Hawkinson creeping towards a return. Darius Slay creeping towards a return. I think I read Deshaun Hand was at practice and, and, and inching Hand, towards a Hand return. did practice. There's a shot he will play. I, I still would lean that he won't, but you never know. He could be a pleasant surprise addition there. But outside of the health, I like the matchup because people think the Packers' defense is better, and it is. It is better. But let's acknowledge, still not very good against the run this season. One of the worst in the league against the run. And the Lions are a team that wants to run first and foremost. And if we're going to give the Packers credit for improving as a defensive football team, let's give a hat tip to the Lions' offense, which looks much more professional and prepared under Daryl Bevel. Their use of multiple formations, only the Rams have used more combinations. You're talking about Isn't a t- that crazy yes. coming off of what we saw with Jim Bob yes. And as a result, teams have been forced to stack the box. There's a real run threat. Eight guys in the box, Matthew Stafford having a career year. I like the Lions offense to still put up points because, Jeff, with that dull, boring, pathetic Jim Bob Cooter offense, they still scored 30-plus points in the last four meetings between these two teams, all of them Lions victories. So I'm not backing off. I feel good about the Lions winning a pivotal, and it is a pivotal game against Green Bay early in the season. Is a, The implications for this in the NFC North are huge. If the Packers win, they are two losses up effectively in the loss column on the Lions. Be tough for the Lions to come back from that deficit. If the Lions win, they're in first place. They've had their bye. They are rolling towards what what appears to be the softer part of their schedule after a, a very difficult start, which I think they navigated very well, very admirably to be 2-1-1 one, one at this point. I, I'm excited about it. I am worried you have to be worried about going into Green Bay. You saw what the officials did last week. They helped Green Bay beat Dallas in Dallas until the end of that game. The first three quarters of that game, the officials were clearly wearing the the Packers colors. Then they radically flipped in the other direction, which was kind of the whiplash of, of NFL officiating. Aaron Rodgers can still pull rabbits out of hats. I'm I'm worried about that component. I am worried. I'm worried that there's rust coming out of the rest. And and some some of what I saw last month, and, and I had to cover the last last Monday night game with San Francisco beating Cleveland. San Francisco was coming out of the exact same situation. They had the bye week plus the extra day. That that by the way doesn't happen. That's only the second time this week will be the third time that that's ever happened in the NFL. I hope that the Lions can get out of it what the 49ers did and get that extra day of prep, that extra day of rest. Uh, and and you know, man. They have such a golden opportunity here, Jim. I, I don't want them to blow it. I, you know, I'm what? so and nervous about that. That is a fear that a lot of Lions fans have. We will be talking Lions at any point today. You call in. We'll bump whatever we're doing for Lions. Absolutely. Monday Night Football is is the number one thing here the with only, just how big. Only, only time this year the Lions will be on Monday Night Football. Yeah, you know what, Jeff? That's a really good point. And you mentioned, you know, what this game could do. Right now, it's believed Green Bay is the best team in this division because they've already beaten the Bears and the Vikings. And this division is the only division in the NFL that does not have a team with a losing record. So it stands to recognize if you are the best team in this division, you are one of the best teams in the NFC, if not the Absolutely. entire league. If the Packers beat the Lions, they have a, 
They've beat everybody in the division, and they can plant their flag as a five and one football team. Aaron Rodgers with a the defense, they're going for a Super Bowl, right? That's that's the tone. That's wind at your back going into October. That's a big deal. Flip side, Lions win the game. Jeff, you touched on it. They would have beat the team, presumed to be the best in the division, in their building, and could then have the wind at their back as they go into games against the Vikings. Uh, against the Giants and the Raiders, all winnable games for them. They could stack up some big-time victories going into the final two months of the season. None of this thing will be decided right now, but we talk about pivotal. We talk about tone setter. We talk about how serious of a contender are you. This is one of those football games. If you want to be taken seriously as a legitimate NFC contender, you need to go out and win this game. Planting your flag in Green Bay again for the fourth time in five years? Yes. That's... Because, Jeff, people don't realize that. They go, Lambeau's impossible. I grew up watching the Lions lose these games. You're not wrong. They lost 24 in a row in Lambeau. They did. But they've won three of the last four. And And this would be four of the— most of them have been in humiliating fashion for the home team. Yep. The the Lions have, for whatever reason, they have flipped that script. They have played exceptionally smart football against the— Now, last year, (laughs) Aaron Rodgers tapped out of Week 17. They brought in Deshaun Kaiser. I don't—I'm not going to hold that against the Packers too much. I will hold it. Rodgers getting hurt a lot. That's the second game he left against the Lions. That there, there is an opportunity there. And and Rodgers on the injury report, he is was a limited participant in practices this week with a knee injury. He did not suffer that injury in Dallas. That leaves a little bit of intrigue. How much is he hurt? Is is he going to be limited? Well, that's everybody's fear, right? Is Aaron Rodgers is is the ultimate. Hey, rip your heart out kind of guy, and you can go back to a primetime game. On Thursday night, that Lions fans remember. Oh, I don't have to say much yeah. more than that. You know where yeah, I'm going. Yeah. Hail Mary at the end. Jeff, I remember the very next day coming into this studio with you I was here. and Drew right. and myself <laughs> and just consoling Lions fans on a disappointing primetime performance against the Packers. Ziggy Ants. Oh, that Ziggy Ants are playing in nowhere. In no way. Oh. He's playing like a hook zone oh. on a Hail Mary, like not rushing the passer, not playing deep. It was bizarro world. It was a poorly, poorly executed game. Need some blood pressure meds, man. You mentioned that uh, the Lions have the extra time. We only have one example of Matt Patricia off of a bye. That's right. Because it's only his second season. Last year, the Lions came off of a bye, and they played the Miami Dolphins. And it was a performance um, that I was really impressed with. I thought it was their most complete game of the season last year. They ran for nearly 250 yards. It felt like the best rushing performance in a generation right. for the Lions and since that, Barry that, Sanders. That Dolphins team was not the joke they are this year. They were not good, but at that point, they were still considered, okay, they're th- they could they could win this game. Yeah, so I think it's a different test tomorrow night against Green Bay. We'll talk to you guys all throughout the show. 866-314-9696. That's 866-314-9696. The number to get in on anything during today's show. We're going to come back and talk about that blowout, that lopsided score. Oh, boy. That was rough if you're a Spartans fan. That was was tough to watch. Camp Randall was a house of horrors for another school from the state of Michigan. That's three of them. Central Michigan and now Michigan State. Mark D'Antonio popped off in the post-game press conference. We will play that audio and talk about why it wasn't a dumbass question. It's the Sunday Tailgate on ESPN 961. Gun Lake Casino presents the Sunday Tailgate. Brought to you by Gun Lake Casino and Coppercraft Distillery on 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. ESPN 961. Hey, Jeff, we got a tweet from Paul. He says he suggests the Yardbird sandwich from Slows. That's pulled chicken. That sounds good. For those that missed the announcement, our show always brought to you by Gun Gun Lake Lake Casino, Casino. Coppercraft Distillery. But now the Sunday tailgate will be live from Slows Barbecue in downtown Grand Rapids starting next week. Come join us. Enjoy fantastic barbecue. I only, I've only, like I said, I've only had it at Ford Field. I am super excited to go there and try out everything. Put it in my mouth. Put it in my belly. With the lunch and brunch menu, great place to spend a Sunday on a football, mm, a football slate of games like no other. Lions will be back to their regular Sunday schedules next week, but this week they're on Monday Night Football, and we both told you we really think the Lions have some. They have, advantages. A, they have a very strong chance to win this game. And and history says, late recent history anyways, they're the better team in Green Bay. We'll be mixing in those thoughts all throughout the Sunday tailgate today. Also talking about college football. 4.30, Jeff's going to weigh in on his West Michigan player spotlight. I'm going to give you my Big Ten top five and my college football top ten. And uh, we'll also mix in what the Wolverines had to say against Illinois. A dominant first half, a dormant second half. That's at 10.45. But, Jeff, you and I both agreed what happened in Wisconsin is more interesting and is something worth talking about. It is, and and some of it is the way that the that – I personally, I, was, I came away incredibly impressed with Wisconsin, and I heard the stat on the way in. Wisconsin's defense has outscored the opposing offenses. They have five touchdowns. Opposing offenses only have four. That's crazy to me. So while there is some shame in how bad Michigan State looked yesterday, Wisconsin's doing that to everybody. And I think you have to you do have to tip your cap to them. But that was ugly football from the Spartans. Well, and we need ugly. and we need to acknowledge a couple things. Yes, Wisconsin's good. But this Michigan State defense can't walk around with the words elite attached to them anymore or even great attached next to them anymore if you lose 38 to nothing. And I realize not all 38 points were allowed by their defense, but at some point you have to get off the field. I know you're going to blame the offense because we're tired. Look at time of possession. Our defense is so tired. You know how you stop time of possession from being a problem? You force the other team to go three and out as well. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Like No one brings that up. They go, well, the offense is hanging the defense out to dry. Yes, and I'm not giving them an excuse, but if a defense can't get off the field on third down, if you're giving up 10 play drives, at some point it's on you too. And Michigan State can't walk around and say they're an elite defense after what happened against Ohio State 
and what happened yesterday against Wisconsin. The way that they t- they went after Scott with Cephas, that was surprising to me. Mm-hmm. I thought Scott was going to be a better going to have a better performance than that. Jeff, he's not an NFL guy now, right? I know there was some talk about um, he's he was always a you know maybe day two but probably top of day three guy. So Josiah Scott is a junior. We can probably bank on him I, returning. I would, I would bet on him coming. I hope he comes back because there is a lot of potential with him. But he got beat yesterday. He was lost yesterday, and that when he's your best defensive back and you're relying on him to remove that part of the field and he can't do it. Everything else breaks down because the rest of their secondary is somewhat suspect. They're young, they have they have some talent, but they're they're just not proven. And and how about Wisconsin's quarterback? They haven't had a quarterback like this since Russell Wilson, a guy who can complete eighteen out of twenty passes, and one of the misses was a throwaway. Just surgical precision, no pass rush to speak of. Kenny Willickus largely shut down. They did a lot of things to, to shift protections his way. After the early part of the game, I think Raekwon Williams got tired. I think you saw their linebackers strung out too much. You know, Bocce and, and uh, Simmons. Just asking them to do too much. It was just rough, man. It was not, a, not a game that the Spartans will ever want to relive. Not a game that Mark D'Antonio will be proud of. No, it's not. And after the game, a lot of questions about Mark D'Antonio's program. Did they quit on this game? Why don't they have the same energy and intensity of previous Mark D'Antonio teams? You know, I think those criticisms were levied and and were and I fair. Think, I think especially that last one that they don't play with a lot of energy or enthusiasm. You saw that team yesterday. You saw their posture on the sidelines if you're watching the game. There's a lot of guys just standing around like accepting that they are getting beat by a superior team. That's not what you want to see from Michigan State. It, it's not the Michigan State program that won 11 or more games 5 of 6 years. It's not the Michigan State program that won 3 Big 10 titles under Mark D'Antonio. The empire, or whatever you want to call it, that he built up, it's crumbled. It's it's no longer there. And some of that is stubbornness. They haven't made changes to keep up with the Joneses and keep up with the times. And Jeff, it was the soundbite everybody's talking about. After the game, I thought a fair but hard question from Hondo Carpenter that Mark D'Antonio didn't appreciate. Here's the audio. Top 25 teams this year lost to all three, only scored 17 points. Seven games in, was it a mistake to not bring in new offensive staff? And if not so, how do you fix it? Well, I don't think you talk, I don't think we ask those questions right now. We're six, seven, seven games into the schedule. I think that's sort of a dumb question, to be quite honest with you. Jeff, it's the question everybody has been talking about from offseason to today. Mark D'Antonio did not bring in outside thoughts. He didn't try to shake up their philosophy offensively. Instead, he shuffled the deck chairs on the Titanic. Let's move offices. That'll work. Jeff, the stats. I mean, I love the reporter's question because he doesn't just throw out some like bait. He says, no, here's some background. You've played three top 25 opponents. That's the best of the best. Those are the teams you used to beat. You played three of them. You've scored 17 total points. Not 17 per game, but 17 total points against these opponents. Given the fact that you sat on your ass all offseason, do you think maybe you screwed up? See, I'm not sure that I would have brought the coaching aspect into it, but I would have been more direct about why do you what what changes do you see coming? What what do you think you can do to kickstart this? this offense, which clearly isn't working. But, Jeff, that's the back end of his question. It, it is the back end, but 
D'Antonio wasn't going to hear that because he got thrown under the bus on the. Oh, first because his feelings were hurt. Well, that's D'Antonio. <laughs> you well, know what you're mean, like, with you're, there. Come on, like D'Antonio is the winningest coach in the history of Michigan State football. Don't get bent out of shape because a reporter asks a hard but fair question. And see, I think that D'Antonio is of the mindset that because I'm the winningest coach, you should probably respect me and revere me a little bit more than asking that question after this loss. Okay, well let's let's look at you know your not, not your, to because I do think it's a fair question. Well, because three and nine, right? A ten and three season to bounce back. Last year was seven and six, and and Jeff, to be honest, this year looks like another seven win season for Michigan State. So you're going to go back-to-back seven and six years and we're not allowed to question you? You're above reproach? No, he's not, but I think he probably perceives he he is. is. Yep. Yes. Well, and I think that's why a lot of Michigan State fans are staring at this situation going, we, we know our AD's I mean, not going to fire him. And look at what they got. They got Penn State. Um, not next week, but in a week after the bye. Yeah, after a bye, yeah. Uh, then they get Illinois, which could be more interesting than we thought it would be uh, after what we saw yesterday. still win that game. Then you're at Michigan. And you get Rutgers, which is, they're not even an FCS level. They passed for one yard yesterday. One, one yard. yard. Joe's laughing over there. What was that? I just love they've had three Big Ten games and have one touchdown. Oh, man. And then the finish with Maryland, by the way, has fallen off of a freaking cliff. That That's their finish. So Michigan State is going to get to a bowl. They're going to play. They, they could very well be in, in, in Detroit for the, the – uh, Quick Lane Bowl. The Quick Lane Bowl. Thank you for, for reminding me. I go every year. I should know the name of that game. They, they could be playing. Uh, they won't be playing my Ohio Bobcats, unfortunately. We're, we're bad. I did ask people. I said, uh, I'd love to meet the person who's confident in the result of November 16th. That's Michigan, yes. Michigan State. I'm not telling you you're wrong if you think your school's going to win. But I also don't know how confident you would be in that game. Joe is flipping a coin in our producer booth. Absolutely. I mean, I asked the question, who would you pick today? And I got nearly 70% response that it would be Michigan. Now, Michigan has the better record, but let's be clear. Michigan hasn't looked great either. Michigan looked fantastic in the first half yesterday. And then they basically stopped playing and Jim Harbaugh got outcoached by Lovey Smith. (laughs) The second, I don't know. I don't know. I can't play. I can't believe I'm saying that sentence. Weird but, thing that but, was brought yeah. up while, while I was watching that game. Michigan and Illinois both have coaches who played in Super Bowls. They do. Are there? I don't know the answer to this. Are there any other college football coaches active that coached in a Super Bowl as a head coach? As a head coach, I don't know that there was. Did Herm Edwards get there? I don't think he did. So this is a very bizarro like storyline. The only two coaches in college football that have been in a Super Bowl are going head-to-head, and it's at noon in Champaign, Illinois, in a game that most of the country doesn't care about. Ended up being pretty interesting in the fourth. Be, the, the, the second half of that game, although if you're a Michigan fan, you probably don't think it was that interesting. It was interesting football. It was interesting to see Illinois come back, um, especially when you juxtapose it with the game that came after it, where Michigan State... Once Wisconsin got out to a lead in that game, you knew it was over. You just knew it. And and to what you said earlier, and, and a little bit to the, the question that came at him at D'Antonio, there was no fight there. Yeah. They, they didn't have an answer. And we talked about this when Wisconsin beat Michigan up. They're running the same plays they did when Daryl Bevel was their quarterback 27 years ago. They haven't changed. They just keep plugging guys in and plugging guys in, and their system works. You're talking about Mark D'Antonio standing pat with a system that isn't working. That, that that's, that's With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. That's how an empire crumbles right there, Jim. I'll play it one more time for you guys, and I want to know, do you think this is a fair question or is it a dumbass question? As Mark D'Antonio says, top 25 teams this year lost to all three, only scored 17 points. Seven games in, was it a mistake to not bring in new offensive staff? And if not so, how do you fix it? Well, I don't think you talk, I don't think we ask those questions right now. We're six, seven, seven games into the schedule. I think that's sort of a dumb question, to be quite honest with you. 866 314 9696. Jeff gives us the West Michigan player spotlight when we come back. I've got a Big Ten top five and a college football top ten. It's the Sunday tailgate on ESPN 961. Essential listening for the West Michigan football fan. It's the Sunday tailgate on ESPN 961. Well, I don't think you talk. I don't think we ask those questions right now. We're six, seven, seven games into the schedule. I think that's sort of a dumb question, to be quite honest with you. Can I, can I make a comment? Yeah, go for it. He sounds old there. Like, Mark D'Antonio, he's what, 61 years old? He, he Early so- 60s. He sounded much older than that there. He sounded like my dad who's in his mid-70s there with the, the, just the gruffness in the voice and the, the cadence of speech. Well, I don't think you talk. I don't think we ask those questions right now. We're six, seven, seven games into the schedule. I think that's sort of a dumb question, to be quite honest with you. He looks like somebody sitting on a black and white TV set smoking a cigarette. Spartans got thumped 38 nothing. And the Ooh. question in, in the question in question, Jeff, yeah. came from Hondo Carpenter. And by the way, we've reached out to him. He he it looks like he's gonna be on Big Drew and Jim tomorrow. Awesome get. Good job. The man who asked the dumbass question. The question I thought was hard but fair. And the question was Hey Mark, you've played three top twenty five opponents. You've scored seventeen total points. Not 17 points per game, but 17 total. Did you make a mistake by not changing your offensive staff? Now, he can't do anything about it now midseason, but it's the question on everybody's mind, and that's the job of a reporter is to ask the questions people want answers to. If Mark D'Antonio thinks it's uh, a dumbass question to ask whether or not he should have innovated his offense, well, then he gets to lie in the bed that he made. Then they get to go 7-6 and six again, and I know he can't be fired because he's the winningest coach, but you're going to have the fan base turning on you. You're going to have the fan base asking if you'll retire. We're going to do the whole, can someone take Grandpa's keys thing. There's a lot of that brewing already. You saw it on social media yesterday. Can D'Antonio retire after this? Do we give him? Do we let him take one more year? Is it one of those where... Hey, Mark, here's a golden parachute. Jump. <laughs> 866-314-9696. That's uh, the number you can get a hold of us. This is the Sunday Tailgate. It's brought to you by Gun Lake Casino, Coppercraft Distillery, and now Slow's Barbecue. Starting yes! next Sunday, 10 to noon, Jeff and I are going to be hanging out at Slow's in downtown Grand Rapids where you can come out and eat, talk football with us, pregame, tailgate, get ready for a really fun Sunday. 
Lions will be playing at home next week against the Minnesota Vikings. But first, they have to get through Monday Night Football against the Packers. Full preview of that coming all across the show today. A feature we do every Sunday is the West Michigan Player Spotlight. Jeff likes to spotlight some local guys in action. I'm going to give you my Big Ten Top 5 and my college football Top 10. Jeff, why don't you go first? What's the spotlight player? You know, and and it's a guy who Michigan fans know well. Um, and they've got a game today that's very important for him. And that's Taylor Lewan, the left tackle for the Tennessee Titans. He was suspended for the first four games this year for violating the, the league's PED policy. Um, he has disputed it and appealed it, but it got failed. So he came back last week against the Buffalo Bills and laid a complete egg. He was he was whipped by Buffalo in a close game. Uh, he's got to bounce back this week. They're playing the Denver Broncos. The Titans are 2-3. and three. They're two wins. They look like a team that can win the AFC. They're three losses. They look like a team that should be picking in the top five. He's the He is the emotional leader of that team, as he was at Michigan. Big game for him today, going against Denver, a team where he's going to face against Von Miller. Uh, they Denver, for whatever reason, cannot rush the passer this year, despite having Von Miller. Good game for Taylor Lewan to assert himself, to get back into to form, and, and for the Titans to claw back into the AFC race against the Denver team that, oh, they look bad. They're, they're not good. <laughs> By the way, Denver could be a team that the, the – I know John Elway, their general manager, has come out and said that they're not selling anybody. I've kind of heard otherwise behind the scenes. Oh. There's an opportunity there. Oh, do if, tell. If, if the Lions want to pounce on somebody, if they're selling Chris Harris at cornerback, Bob Quinn needs to buy that. I know the Lions are set at cornerback. I was just going to say, Jeff, if they're you're going to really throw that out there, there but how about Von Miller? If you're <laughs> – I, th- I think the price for Von Miller okay. would be three first-round picks. I'm not going to give that up. Okay, and that's fair. For, for he's, where... he's great, though. Well, and it's it's odd. I want to talk about this at some point today, but Justin Rogers of the Detroit News did a great job with one of his latest pieces talking about the Lions' pass rush philosophy. Right. And I've said often, they don't blitz a lot, they don't blitz a lot. Well, Justin actually did the research, crunched some numbers, put them in his article, and, and really put some great analysis out there. The Lions bring four fairly consistently. They don't blitz. They're at the bottom of the league. They blitz the least of anybody in the league. They rely on four and actually three they re- a lot. They do a three, against Kansas City specifically, they did a tremendous amount of three-man rushing. Which means they're backing everybody off. They're playing seven-plus guys in coverage, sometimes eight guys in coverage. It puts a premium on covering and letting those guys eventually get home. I think if you have elite pass rushers, you're counting on them to win one-on-ones or one-on-twos. You have Trey Flowers. If you had a – I'm not even going to do it. If you had Von Miller, it would be scary, but I understand not okay. Not happening. Yeah. All right, Jeff. I'm going to give you my Big Ten top five, and then I'll give you my college football I know the top, top ten. Well, it's not hard. All right, we do it every Sunday. Big Ten top five. Number one's Ohio State, even off of a bye week. No need to move them. Number two is Wisconsin. Scary. Four shutouts this season. Their defense is outscoring the opposing offenses. Think about that for a minute. They, they have a shot to go. They have a shot. That Ohio State game in a couple weeks must see viewing. End of the month. We'll go number three in the Big Ten. That's Penn State. Went on the road. James Franklin picked up his first ranked road win as the Nittany Lions head coach. He was 0-6 in the previous six meetings. And they needed their defense in that game. Really good sign for them. 
Number four, I'm going to flip-flop four and five from last week. I'm going to put the Minnesota Golden Gophers undefeated. They blew the doors off in Nebraska. Yeah, they did. I put them four. And then Michigan. They won. They're five and one. They're in my top five. And that's probably deserved, especially since Michigan State, they can't be considered anymore. No, who, who else is in this list? Iowa picked up their second loss. Michigan State picked up their third loss of the season. Indiana is four and maybe two. maybe Purdue. They they had a nice bounce back, but yeah, that, there's a gap there after Michigan to the rest of the league, and then there, then there's Rutgers at the bottom, and then there's Rutgers. <sighs> Relegation, baby, get rid of them. They don't they they would lose. They in all seriousness, they would not beat any of the Michigan teams in the MAC this year. They're bad. All right, Jeff. This is where it gets a little more fun. This week and moving forward, I'm going to debut a top ten in college football. So for, this is for playoff purposes. For playoff purposes gotcha. to, to watch how these teams are are fluid and how it moves. And we have reason to do it this week after what happened with the Georgia Bulldogs. Big, big game yesterday. Let's kick it off again. All right. Number ten is the Georgia Bulldogs, Jeff. I put Georgia at ten. They don't really have um Yeah. Much you, of, they lost to a third-string quarterback yeah. when they're All-American kicker. And by the way, I am a voter for the Groza Award. I voted for Rodrigo Blankenship last year. After yesterday, I'm not sure I can vote for him again this year. And I know people are going to say, but Jim, they beat Notre Dame. Well, hold on. My number nine team, Auburn, beat Oregon. I'm going to put them there. Okay. My number eight team, Florida, beat Auburn. Right? I mean, some of this will help. Florida looked impressive last night in a loss, which I'm sure you'll get to. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Florida, I think, is your number eight team right now. Florida's my number one one one-loss team. Okay. Number six, or number seven, excuse me. Number seven is Penn State. The undefeated Nittany Lions check in at seven. Number six, Clemson. I'm not high on them. They don't have a noteworthy victory. If they go undefeated, I'm sure the path will open for them, but I have them at six for now. After what they did to Florida State yesterday, that I, number five is Alabama. Same story. I, they, wow. They've got Alabama five. They've got big games on their schedule still to come, but tell me who they beat. Is it Duke? Duke is Duke. They beat Texas A&M. They're not ranked. Texas A- who's Texas A&M beat? Who's Alabama's big win? They yeah. have the opportunity to still By do the way, it. Yesterday. Tua Tagovailoa, if you were scouting him for draft purposes, not his best game. They did they did comfortably beat the Aggies. So that gets you to my top four. Wisconsin's number four. That's fair. Might be the best defense in the country. And I get it, who have they played, but at least they've looked more impressive than Clemson or Alabama. My number three team is Oklahoma. My number two team is Ohio State. And the number one team in the country, this is all subject to change week to week, but right now, the LSU Tigers wins at Texas and a big win over Florida last night. Great game last night. Did you get a chance to watch yes. that Yes. Oh, it was thrilling. Back and forth, back and forth. Fun game between two teams that aren't noted for their offenses. And look at how they exploded. And you watch that game after you watch Michigan State. Ugh. Yeah. Joe Burrow looking really good for the NFL draft prospects. LSU's quarterback from, from Athens, Ohio. His dad is Ohio University's. Uh, offensive coordinator, they could use him back there too in Athens because my Bobcats are two and four. Uh, yeah. Is Not, Kent State I, winning that division right now? Yes, they are. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If, you're, if your division is won by Kent State. Th- this is a bad Mac season. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah. So Toledo lost to Bowling Green yesterday. Yeah. Big rivalry game. Eastern Michigan loses at home. Weird up in bad, the air. Bad year for the Mac. That's the last we'll talk about the Mac for a while. <laughs> Bring on the Tuesday matching because uh, on Saturdays they're not getting it done. So, so I, I'm with you. I think LSU and Ohio State are the two best teams in the country. Okay. I would have Alabama next okay, just, th- just because of the, the sheer breadth of talent that they have. Who's your four? Who Round out your playoff four then. Probably Oklahoma. Okay. I, I would put Oklahoma there. So although, you have Wisconsin and Clemson on the outside looking in. Uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin and Oklahoma is a coin flip. I, I would love to see those teams play because you've got Wisconsin, which is probably the best defense in the country against Oklahoma, probably the best offense in the country. That'd be fun. Make that happen. <laughs> That's the thing. This last Saturday, yesterday, was week seven of the college football season, which is just past the midway point. And that's when you start getting these teams who have won a bunch start going head-to-head. And we're only going to see more of this moving forward. I can't promise every weekend is going to be as great as yesterday was, but I can tell you we're going to have weekends where LSU plays Alabama. LSU's next two games, two of their next three games, they, they go to Mississippi State next week, then they're... Home for Auburn and at Alabama. I was going to tell you, we've got some Woo! big ones. Georgia-Florida still has to happen this year. We have uh, Penn State-Ohio State. We have Wisconsin-Ohio State. We're talking about undefeated top 10 teams that still have to play multiple games. Um, the only one in the top 10 that I don't think has a, a big game remaining, Clemson. And that and that's the ACC why, is garbage this year, Jim. And some of that you can go, well, it's not their fault they play the schedule in front of them, but they're not winning these games convincingly the way they used to. And I will tell you, Clemson's not barred from making the playoff because of their schedule, but they have to go undefeated, and, yes. and they're going to have to let some chaos ensue. In other words, Wisconsin and Ohio State can't both be undefeated. Right. LSU and Alabama can't both be undefeated. You know, you're going to see these gonna need teams. They're going to Oklahoma to yes. lose to Baylor or to Oklahoma State because those are the only real challenges on their schedule left. Baylor, by the way, better than better than advertised. Undefeated. I didn't even realize it until they showed their final score yesterday in one of the highlight shows. This this thing is far from decided. So I put a 10 out there, a top 10 out there. It's going to move quite There's a bit. There's going to be a lot of volatility to that over the next few weeks. Let's come back and let's talk about the Michigan Wolverines. Let's talk about that dominant first half. That, and that you missed the dormant second half. Yeah, I'll tell you the story about why I didn't watch the first half. Why I was unable to watch the first half of Michigan Illinois. Oh. It's the Sunday tailgate on ESPN nine six one. It's a delicate balance of brimming optimism and uh, crippling fear. Let's enjoy the ride. It's the Sunday tailgate on ESPN nine six one. I won't sing, but this song is awesome. <laughs> It makes me think of football. I want to go out and hit somebody. Show is brought to you by Coppercraft Distillery, Gun Lake Casino, and Slow's Barbecue. It's the Sunday tailgate. He's Jeff Risden, bobbing his head, smile on his face. We 
the football, baby. Lions on Monday night. We're going to be talking about it. No Devontae Adams. Extra week to prepare for Detroit. Is this a plant your flag kind of game? There's reason to believe. I'm convinced. We're also talking a lot about college football, as we often do on the Sunday tailgate. I gave you my Big Ten 5 and my college football 10. But we haven't really talked about Michigan yet today. And Jeff, you said first half dominant, second half dormant. I want you to explain what you saw in both halves, and then I'll tell you why I was unable to watch the first half of Michigan-Illinois. And you missed the best half of football that Michigan has played all year in the first half. Offense, defense, special teams, they were all clicking. Shea Patterson was good. He missed a few plays. He threw a couple of ducks, missed a wide-open receiver in the end zone. But by and large, the offense was sharp. It was the offense you wanted to see. There was there was a mix between run and pass. Um, they, Illinois had no chance against that offensive line early in the game. They were asserting their will. I thought it was a, a smart, savvy play calling. Then in the second half, you saw some things from the Illinois defense. And Lovey Smith, Mr. Mr. Tampa 2, he figured out that, okay, we, we, got, we got some things that we can do here. They pinched in. They started, they started focusing on the run. They brought their safety up a little bit. Their corners got more physical. They shrunk the throwing windows. Defense, or offensively, Illinois figured out that Michigan doesn't carry receivers across the field very well, and they started running crossers, and Michigan could not stop it. Shocking. Where have I seen that before? Amazing, wasn't it? Illinois did some halftime adjustments, and Michigan kept playing the same game, and Illinois got back in the game as a result. Now, to Don Brown's credit, he adjusted. He started being a little bit more physical with the receivers that trying to get across. They had a couple of very well-timed blitzes that, that caught – Illinois' backup quarterback off guard. Brandon Peters, by the way, did not play. But Illinois rallying behind a backup quarterback against a Michigan defense that, and some of it was the fact that they got a couple of short fields because Michigan keeps turning the ball over. Stop fumbling the ball, Michigan. Take care of the football like it's a baby. Stop hanging. Oh. They're so easy to get the ball from, Jim. It's it's annoying. So that's where I, I checked in, right? right? Early third quarter. And I'll get to where I was in the first half in a second. But I check in early third quarter, and I go, oh, Michigan's up. Must be going well. Look at the stats. They ran the ball well in the first half. They really did. And fumble. Fumble. And I'm, uh, both those fumbles led to Illini points. I watched Illinois go on this crazy run. They end up on a 25-0 run. And it wasn't Shea Patterson's fault for everybody that's been critical of Shea. True Wilson had a fumble in there. Um, Christian Turner had a fumble, right? Or was that that one was reversed? That one was reversed. But they were sloppy with the football. The fullback had a fumble again. Yes. (laughs) Had a drop pass again. And I actually watched Shea Patterson engineer a couple drives late that were critical, including that big fourth down conversion. To Michigan's credit, they responded very well to adversity because it sure looked like the snowball was going to roll them all the way down the mountain. Well, they, you get, they stopped it. Well, you get people going, hold on. If he loses to Illinois, I know I said Jim Harbaugh shouldn't be fired this year, but I mean, eh, come on. And they end up pulling it out. Now, you shouldn't have to pull it out against Illinois, but I don't know that Shea Patterson was a problem in this game in the way that he has he, been he in was, recent weeks. He could have been better. He yes. was not the problem yesterday. Yes. So, any thoughts on Michigan? 866-314-9696. That's the Coppercraft Distillery Hotline. 866-314-9696. Uh, 
the reason why I got to only watch the second half of that game, and it's DVR'd. If anything great happened in the first, I could go back and watch it. Uh, my car broke down. I'm, run, I'm running errands before the noon games. And you guys know, if you listen to Big Drew and Jim throughout the week, how excited I was for this Saturday's slate of games. I had Red River Rivalry at noon. I had Michigan. I was going to do the double TVs and just ride that into the, the midnight hour. I'm running some errands, and I'm at East Beltline, Naps Corner area, you know, where you've got all right. the, the restaurants and stuff. Oh, He's going to yeah. get some food. I'm in the Michigan left at a red light, and I go, huh, I got to be one lane over. So I'm going to just try to, you know, floor it a little bit coming out of the intersection so that I can get a lane over. We've all been there. Yep. Foot hits the gas. Car just breaks. I mean, a piece falls off of my car. Oh, no. That's never good. Now, there's oncoming traffic coming the other way. A guy comes out of his car and helps push me back into the Michigan left where I have a part in my hand. Joe is laughing over there. I have a part in my hand. I'm not a car guy. And I go, I um, what's wrong? I've never had to have my car towed before. Um, oh boy! Now uh, this car is like 13 years old, but it's it's been well kept. It's been maintained, but the car will not drive. It will not go in reverse. In fact, if I don't have my foot on the brake pedal, the car will roll, even in park. So I go, that's not good. I'm not a car guy, but that's not good. If I have to have my, so I got to go emergency you brake. You probably got a piece of your transmission in your hands. Don't say that. I don't want to hear that. Don't need to hear that. I'm sure it's a very minor thing and it's going to be no big deal. Anyway, that's, that turns into a whole ordeal. I got to make a, um, I got to call my insurance and get a tow out there and it, no fault to the towing company, but that thing just takes time. Yeah. So I missed the whole first half of the college football games in the noon window and uh, yeah, that's my, they won't look at my car until Monday. So we'll see. We'll see what Jim's car situation you, you looks might, like. You might be hitting Ben Baker up for, <laughs> for a new car soon. <laughs> you know, that's not a terrible idea. I think for the meantime, uh, you'll see the ESPN car scooting around for a couple days. <laughs> well, I hope you. I hope that comes out okay. Car trouble is no fun. I will say this though: the people of West Michigan. Yeah, you get some Karens who are honking your horn at you because you're blocking the lane. But so many guys. We're like, hey, do you need help? Can I help you out? Like, yeah. I must have had, I was there for about an hour and a half. Five, six guys That's awesome. stop, like, roll down a window or get out of their car and walk up to me and say, hey, I think part of it is good people here in West Michigan. And two, I think guys like to think they can fix everything. Like, they think they can walk over, diagnose it, get me on my way. And I, either way, I'm very appreciative of everybody who came up and, and offered that's, to help. That's nice. Um, my car once died, uh, my college car. This is being your college car. Mine died in rush hour in Cleveland at a cloverleaf intersection of two major freeways. Oh, no. It was under construction, so I completely blocked Interstate 480 for like two hours. <laughs> it just died. I walked away. I'm like, the guy's like, you can't you can't stop there. I'm like, <laughs> I can't move, dude. <laughs> so I, I, I can empathize with you. And you're right. West Michigan people are fantastic. When I got into the accident going to the draft party a year ago. Yeah. At least five people got out of their cars and wanted to make sure that I was okay, that the guy who hit me was okay. Um. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was awesome. And uh, so, yeah, good, good job, West Michigan. So I'm, I'm glad you, you at least got home to watch the good part of the game, the competitive part of the game. So, Joe, our, our producer, what happened in the first half that I missed? And then walk me through your observation of that second half. You're a Michigan fan. Jeff kind of alluded to it. I saw a dominating effort, which is what I expected. It's Illinois. We're going to roll with this. And then everything just fell apart. Michigan does not make adjustments well. We've alluded to that in Jim Harbaugh's career. But what I take out of it is I know Jim Harbaugh wants to do a running back by committee. It should be a two-horse race, and that's it. And I'm thinking a guy by the name of Hassan Haskins might be our best (laughs) <laughs> running back option right now, the sophomore out of Missouri. So, um, and if you want a quick uh, tidbit, take Penn State in the points next week. <laughs> so, what is this Haskins story? Because a couple weeks ago he shows up in the game, and I'm thinking, I've read all the Michigan football articles, and we've talked to the running back position a bunch on the show. I was Zach Char- Charbonnet, a freshman, and then Christian Turner, Andrew Wilson as the more veteran players. Nobody mentioned. Hassan Haskins in the preseason no one mentioned him in really the first couple games but here he is with a hundred yard game for Michigan and Jeff is that a guy to keep an eye on it, it could be now keep in mind I am not someone who I don't like recruiting I don't follow it at all I'm I'm sort of stick my nose up at it was he a recruit was he a, a prominent recruit was he a guy that was like coveted because he's he's outplaying guys who no. I kn- have heard of coming out and, and more heralded recruits yeah so uh, what did you think of Shea Patterson Joe I, I didn't think he was bad yesterday I mean I'm not a fan of him to begin with I would have loved to see them get out there and have Joe Milton execute the whole fourth quarter but that didn't happen but I definitely think he managed the game fairly well he did not do anything yesterday to hurt no. the team but that's kind of the problem in, in in the eyes of I can see it in Joe's face and Michigan fans. They don't want Shea Patterson to be a game manager. Mm-mm. Last year they ran a conservative offense and he was fine at managing the game. The thought was this year it would go to another level with him having expanded freedom and them getting the ball in the hands of their playmakers. He's not supposed to be a game manager. Did he manage that game well? Yes. Did he make a really big touchdown throw late? Yes. Yes, he did. To Donovan Peoples Jones. I will probably, say probably people's Jones best game too. I will say they did something on offense that I want to see more of. A, he ran the ball more, and B, they rolled him out. Wow, what a concept. He can't stand in the pocket and throw. Get him moving. And that's what I want to see on Saturday because if I don't, it's going to be a long night anyway, but at least maybe that might be able to keep it somewhat competitive on offense. Yeah, you, I'm sure people have seen it. College game day going to be in uh, Happy Valley. <laughs> Michigan really? Penn I State. That. Yeah, they announced it on late Saturday nights early Sunday mornings usually. You're going to have the whole gang there for Penn State, Michigan. I'm going to go out on a limb and say whiteout. Probably going to be a whiteout. Yeah, I would yeah. guess so. Now, Harbaugh's last uh, whiteout. Out. something new at, at Penn State these days, too, after one of their alums sounded off. So, what, Harbaugh is 1-1 one one at Penn State. His first year, I believe, he went down to Happy Valley and won against a 7-6 and six Nittany Lions team. And then yes. in their most recent meeting, 
year number three, Saquon Barkley went off on like the first or second play of the game, and they never looked back. Penn State blew their doors off. I happen to think Penn State is a good football team. They're undefeated right now, and they're going to hit their athletes on crossing routes, and those athletes are a little faster than the Illini receivers. They're going to get some big plays on Michigan's defense, and I think Penn State showed you they can play defense when they played against Iowa. Um, so I, I, yeah, I think Penn State's going to win that football game in a week. I'm with you on that. I think it's going to be tough for Michigan to to pull that one off. I I do think that if if to Joe's point, if they move Patterson around, if they they get him out and and break the box a little bit, I do think they can find some offensive success because I like what I saw from the Michigan receivers yesterday. By the way, Nico Collins did not play. They still found ways to get to not miss the open receivers in the back of the end zone that he missed a couple of times yesterday. They have to take advantage of those opportunities. So I just uh, got a tweet sent to me, and this is not a verified account, so I haven't been able to double-check these stats, but it sounds right. This is from a Twitter account, at jdo 51 He says, let me give you a snapshot of every third quarter of Michigan's offense this year. Middle Tennessee State, two drives, 36 yards, zero points. Army, third quarter, two drives, 78 yards, seven points. Wisconsin, two drives, 96 yards, seven points. Rutgers, who cares? I, I, that's what he says. Iowa, two drives, 28 yards. Illinois, two drives, 21 yards. They're not great in the third quarter, which is where you're supposed to show off all your halftime adjustments. That is where coaching shows. That is a Matt Patricia hallmark. Win the third quarter. Got to do better than that, Harbaugh. 866-314-9696. Talking Michigan football. They won. They're 5-1. and one. And we'll talk Michigan State, who picked up their third loss of the season. Mark D'Antonio, not happy about it. Michigan State fans... They're not happy either. It's the Sunday Tailgate, ESPN 961. It's the Sunday Tailgate. Would you expect a more creative name from Jim? Really? Jeez. Top 25 teams this year lost to all three, only scored 17 points. Seven games in, was it a mistake to not bring in new offensive staff? And if not so, how do you fix it? Well, I don't think you talk. I don't think we ask those questions right now. We're six, seven, seven games into the schedule. I think that's sort of a dumb question, quite honest with you. No, it's not. That's Mark D'Antonio after Wisconsin bludgeoned his Spartans 38 nothing at Camp Randall. It's the Sunday tailgate. I'm Jim Costa. He's Jeff Risden. Show brought to you by Gun Lake Casino, Coppercraft Distillery, and Slow's Barbecue. We'll be out at Slow's next Sunday and every Sunday through week 17. 10 to noon. Come out and see us. Get some great barbecue. I'm going to need a new belt, maybe some new pants. <laughs> I respect that. We're going to talk a lot about the Lions and Monday Night Football today. Looking forward to that. 11-15. Let's dive back into that a little bit. We should also mention some of the great games you could watch today, given that the Lions don't play at all. But I think the Lions against the Packers is a really pivotal game. It's uh, a game that I think favors the Lions, despite the fact that it's in a house of horrors, Lambeau Field. You're really confident about this. I I am. I mean, people who listen to the show, I started talking it up on Tuesday. By the time Friday hit, I Costa locked it. I I really like the Lions for a number of reasons. Don't make that face at me. A number of reasons. 11-15, we'll get into it. Mark D'Antonio's comments there, Jeff. I don't think it's a dumbass question to ask him why his offense, which continues to um, shrink in big games, wasn't overhauled. This isn't a problem that just started this year. This is a problem that goes back to last season. And they oh, didn't make any major changes. And this, I love the question because the question doesn't just... The question comes with the background. Hey, you played three top 25 teams. You scored 17 total points. You didn't do anything in the offseason. Did you screw up? 
That's right. a very that's what the whole fan base is and, talking and, about. And you can juxtapose it with a similar question was asked of Deshaun Watson after a Texans game where he did not play well, and he he broke down and he he was he was wasn't really defensive, but it was interpreted that way. But he explained the answer. He answered the question in a way where like, he showed some respect to the reporter. He respected the the business that he's in. Because when you are in that position, when you are an NFL quarterback, when you are a college football head coach at a major program, you know you're going to get – that's part of the job is handling the media. And and it's, a, it's part of the job that D'Antonio clearly has never enjoyed. But at the same time – it's part of the you got to answer the question. You got to stand there and take it. And if you don't like the question, probably don't want to harass the guy who's asking it because that's going to that's going to bring more questions to you. Well, Michigan State fans were mad when no changes Yes, uh, they were. were made. This is this is not second guessing. They first guessed that. Right. They were on this. And Michigan State's offense does look different. They are using more three receiver sets. I think they are trying to um, uh, move the ball uh, in, a, in a more. They are not helping their offensive line. No. well, and their offensive line needs help. Quite honestly, I, I think they are trying to attack defenses with a little more athleticism. The problem is they are dropping the ball. Their offensive line is getting uh, outplayed and overmatched every single week, and they've had fumble problems. But at, at the end of the day, the offensive staff is responsible for the execution of this football team. How are you coaching them in practice? Why are drops such a big deal? Why are fumbles such a big deal? Why is the offensive line um, failing to develop? Right. So so the, these are coaching issues as much as they are player issues, and, and the entire offense has been a dud. And it's why Michigan State's defense, which is good, looks pretty bad. I mean, back-to-back weeks, they're getting shredded. They've been exposed because they're on the field too much and asked to do too much. They are good, but they're not good enough to carry a team the way Wisconsin's defense is. And, and that's that the distinction. has to. And that's the distinction. Because if they were great, they'd force their own three and outs. They're, right. they're, they're good. They're good. But once they you leave them out there for 40 minutes, they're yeah. going to give up some plays. Their secondary isn't quite there. Yeah. Um, and I think you saw that yesterday, that the secondary, including Scott, they're just they're not where they need to be to be a team, a defense that can carry a struggling offense to wins in big games against ranked opponents. And uh, the offense clearly isn't there. And it's interesting because they, they stood pat. Michigan made the changes, and they're still getting grief. But I think if you're a Michigan fan, you feel better that they're at least trying something new. And maybe there's some growing pains adjusting into that. Whereas Michigan State, they seem happy or okay with not being good at offense. And that's frustrating. Well, I I think I've heard Michigan and Michigan State fans both opine watching Wisconsin. And they've said, well, hold on. Wisconsin's allowed to play old school football and it works. Why did we have to switch our offenses? Right. And and I, I suppose I understand where that's coming from, but I don't think Michigan was wrong to strive for more. Because Agreed. while while Wisconsin exists and what Wisconsin's doing is phenomenal, can we agree that there's a higher ceiling if you do what Alabama did, which was say, hey, we used to do the whole John Parker Wilson thing. We used to do the A.J. McCarron thing, oh, yeah. but now we're doing the Tua thing and the Jalen Hurts thing before that. We want our quarterback to be a dynamic athlete. We want to get our, our, our playmakers, the Jerry Judys, the Henry Riggs, the ball. We want to do that. We want to score 45 and 50 points and play great defense. 
you can be Wisconsin, but wouldn't you rather be Ohio State or Alabama? Wouldn't you rather be Clemson and say we want to have a high-powered offense and a defense? Because Wisconsin's strategy is play great defense, run the football, and that's very old school. It's very blue-collar. And Michigan was building their program that way, but instead pivoted to try to do more speed and space. It has not worked yet, but I still think it was the right call to pivot to the more modern, higher-ceiling approach. I agree with that. And Notre Dame is another example of a yes. team. They are When Ian Book plays well, that, that team can play with anybody. And I think we've seen that this year. They certainly did that last night against USC in a game that was on my third channel. I was surfing around big time last night. You're seeing LSU, a team that has historically won with defense and in spite of their quarterback, now they've got a quarterback, now they've got offensive options, and you're seeing what they're doing. You think they're the number one team in the country, and I can't argue with you on that. I I get where you're, – you're right on about Michigan. They needed to change, and the growing pains are part of the process of getting to where they want to be. They don't necessarily have the personnel in place to pull it off yet, but they can get there that way. Michigan State, what are you doing? I don't know. I, someone sit down and give me the blueprint. Map me out the three-year plan. Sit me down and tell me the three-year plan for MSU football on any level. I don't know if Mark D'Antonio is going to be there in three years. I don't know if he's going to be there next year. Not because he's fired. They're never going to fire him. That AD, Beekman, no. no. he came in with strong support from Izzo and D'Antonio as a friend. He's not an experienced AD. He's not going to axe the winningest coach in program history. It's just not happening. But could I see D'Antonio walking away? Yeah, I think in recent years you've seen the game take its toll on him physically, in his face, in his body, in his program's win-loss record. He's going to lose half his defense and his fifth-year senior quarterback. I'm not telling you he will retire because I don't have any inside info. I don't have a source. But it's plausible that he retires now or in the coming years. What does Michigan State's football program look like? What's the three-year plan for them to win a Big Ten title? I got nothing, I mean, (laughs) Jeff, in some ways they've gone back to MSU pre-D'Antonio. D'Antonio elevated them to where they were a Big Ten title contender. They they were a team that you could comfortably rely to win nine or ten games and occasionally hiccup and get get better than that. But you think about about Michigan State historically before D'Antonio. Seven-win football program? They were a team that was going for your second-tier bowls and every now and then would get into a a lesser New Year's Day bowl. If D'Antonio... Retires the Outback Bowl, the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl, which might actually be the same bowl. I don't even know. <laughs> Whether D'Antonio stays or retires, it feels like the program is back into the seven and six mindset. Seven and six, seven and six. Maybe they beat Michigan some years. Maybe they go yeah. eight and five some year. Maybe there's a nine win season. But it doesn't feel like they're going to be a double digit perennial program the way they right. were at the beginning not, of this decade. They're not Ohio State. They're not Penn State. Yeah. They're not Wisconsin. They're not even Iowa. What do you make point? of the criticism that D'Antonio's success was largely based on? the level of competition, where he came in and Penn State was going through sanctions, where um, Wisconsin was transitioning from Bielema to, what was it, Gary Anderson? Yeah, Gary Anderson, that did not work. No, so Wisconsin was wounded as a result. Michigan was, was in a Rich Rod Brady hoke early Harbaugh time where they were vulnerable. Ohio State, while Urban was clicking, 
Keep in mind, there was that brief blip where Trestle, Scandal, Fickle for a year. Yeah. Urban was ineligible for his first year. Right. A lot of Michigan State, I don't want to take it away from D'Antonio, but let's understand the context of why their program got to 11 wins so consistently. He also had probably his best teams at that point, yes. and they were able to take advantage of You have it, to be ready did. for it. You're right. That That's a fair point. The landscape can be open. You still have to build the team to take advantage of it, and he did. But now the landscape is more competitive, and his team isn't that good. Big, the Big Ten is yeah. the best conference. Even it's very top heavy, but the top of the conference, put them against the SEC, where you've got probably their top four teams. I'll take the Big Ten. Well, you go your top three, which is Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State, all def- undefeated against LSU, LSU Alabama, Alabama, and probably Auburn, Florida, Georgia, Auburn. Yeah, I mean, yeah. listen, I think the SEC. You know what? They probably do have a little bit more depth because Texas A&M is better than Purdue. They're better than Indiana. They're better than Michigan State. But I think it's one and two those two conferences right now. Oh yeah, the Pac- Pac-12 just isn't there. You've got you've got Oregon and Utah. Yeah, we got a message from someone today that said, "Hey, uh, speaking of playoff, does the Pac-12 have a shot?" I don't think so. Is, or- is it- Oregon would have to win out impressively. Twelve and one Oregon, yeah, and they're still going to need help at that point. Yeah, they are. Clemson, Clemson, as long as they go undefeated, is in. But if, if they, they lose, lose at all. The ACC is trash this year. They're, that's a bad conference this year. They've fallen off quite a bit. 866-314-9696. That's the Coppercraft Distillery Hotline. We come back. Let's talk about the Lions. Let, let's get yeah. back into a story that you and I both want to talk more about, which is this Lions offense against this Packers defense. Which of these units has really improved? And which of these teams is the best in the NFC North? It's the Sunday tailgate on ESPN 961. Now, Jeff did try to fit a grill in here, but apparently that's frowned upon in this establishment. It's the Sunday tailgate on ESPN 961. Top 25 teams this year lost to all three, only scored 17 points. Seven games in, was it a mistake to not bring in new offensive staff? And if not so, how do you fix it? I don't think you talk. I don't think we ask those questions right now. We're six, seven, seven games into the schedule. I think that's sort of a dumb question, quite honest with you. That's Testy Mark D'Antonio after the game. Michigan State fell to Wisconsin, thirty-eight nothing. He's Jeff Rizzin. I'm Jim Costa. It's the Sunday tailgate, brought to you by Gun Lake Casino, Coppercraft Distillery, and now Slow's Barbecue. Now we got a real ta- tailgate going. I don't need to try to smuggle a grill into here anymore. I want to talk Monday Night Football, but I got callers that are that are angry. Michigan State fans that want to come at me, want to come at the program, want to talk Spartans. Let the hate flow through you. So mm, work with me. 10.30. 10.30, some Lions football conversation. 11:30. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, we can't go back in time, Jeff. I haven't invented that yet. 11.30. 11.30, we'll talk Lions. Let's go to the phones. Yeah, so... Mm. Mac is in East Lansing. Mac, you're on with Big Drew. Well, no, you're not. You're on the Sunday tailgate. What's up? How are you, Mac? Hey, so I'm doing well. And you guys have heard me on Big Drew and Jim before. It's Mac with an X from East Lansing. We got you. Oh, okay. Sorry, Joe has you in at Mac. But yes, yes I'm used to you, we Max. Don't, we don't know who you are. We, What's up? We do know who you are. Awesome. It's all good. But, um, you know, I'm not a biased Michigan State fan. This is Max from East Lansing talking, but... Jim, you know, this is kind of why you upset people. Don't you dare discredit Michigan State's 11-win seasons the past 10 years, you know? Since 2010 was D'Antonio's first 11-win season, and obviously the Big Ten was in a little bit of chaos, but we took advantage of it. We're not Alabama. We're not going to win every single game. 
But for us to win 11, 11 games over the past, you know, 10 years, having those 11 game seasons, you know, you can't discredit that. So what Max is referring to, and appreciate the phone call, Michigan State's program is not what it once was. Seven and six last year. I think there's a strong case for them to win another seven, maybe eight games this year. The three and nine season in there. Yeah, they're not the program that went to the playoff or won three Big Ten titles or won the 11 or more games in five of six seasons at the start of this decade. And I didn't realize it was that many. That's, that's, yeah. that's a very impressive run. Yeah, I mean, it was a really good run. And all I said was, some of the explanation for that was the level of competition. Now, Jeff, I think you were right on to say, well, you still got to take advantage of it. You still have to build a team. You still have to coach in those big games and win those big games. But I just pointed out, hey, earlier in the decade, Penn State's dealing with sanctions. Wisconsin tried a Gary Anderson experience. Ohio State was dealing with penalties and sanctions with Luke Fickle coaching for a year and then Urban being ineligible. Michigan had Brady Hoke. Rich Rod. For a Rich bit Rod, and then Jim Harbaugh was there the first year when D'Antonio won uh, the Big Ten and made the playoff. Still Harbaugh's best team, by the way. I think, listen, you, you can't be dishonest. You have to bring up the context of how you won. It's still impressive that you won 11 games. No one's coming to take them away from you. The record book doesn't change. Your memory of going to the Rose Bowl with your dad is still intact. Everything is fine. But if you're asking why haven't they sustained that success... Why are they still not winning 11 or more games? Part of that has to be the conference caught up to you and passed you. While you've sat with the same coaching staff, everybody else is upgraded. Their talent, their coaching, their schemes, and you've sat there and let everybody pass you by. That has to be part of the conversation. Yeah, There's no spin forward with this program that we've seen, and they needed to do that. They, they, they are not talented enough. They're not going to get the recruits enough to just stand pat on what they've done. Let's go to Chad in Wyoming. Chad, sorry for making you wait so long. Chad, what's up? You're on the Sunday tailgate. Hey, guys. Uh, lifetime Spartan fan. And I was listening to your comments about D'Antonio. And and I love Mark D'Antonio. I think he's a great coach. One of the things that hasn't been brought up, and, and this is kind of beyond me because everybody's bashing Shea Patterson. But if you look at the run that Mark D'Antonio had with Drew Stanton and Kirk Cousins and Connor Took and now Lewerke, Lewerke and Shea Patterson are the same beast on different teams. I, I had that tweeted to me yesterday, too. That's, that's a good right. point. I think a lot of it goes back to Lewerke. And, and if the players don't have confidence in Lewerke and, and Lewerke. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He doesn't have confidence in himself. I don't care how good the coaching is. The players still have to execute on the field, and I think that's Michigan State's biggest drop-off and biggest problem is they don't have that quarterback that has what it takes to win the big games. Jeff, what's your thought on that? You're nodding. I think that's a very fair assessment because Brian Lewerke is not not what Connor Cook was, what what 
Stanton, uh, go back to Brian Hoyer even, he's not at that level, and I think we've conclusively seen that he's not going to be that guy. This is a guy that went into the 2018 season trumpeted by a lot of people in the draft community as a guy to watch who could be a potential first-round pick, who could leave early and go in the first round. Now, this is a guy I'm not even going to see in, in St. Peter's Shrine game. He's just not that good. So his sophomore year, he showed off his legs and was maybe the most athletic quarterback D'Antonio has ever had, yes. and they won 10 games. And people said, watch out his junior year. I fell into that trap, the whole dark horse. I, oh, I did too. I, I was all about that. Dark horse Heisman candidacy. He started out the year poorly. While healthy, he was making bad decisions. Then he got hurt. That became the excuse, and we were supposed to believe that everything would be good in his fifth year, his senior season. It hasn't been. Now He has not progressed from where he was two years ago. Now, to be fair with the quarterback comparisons at MSU, do you think that Hoyer and Cousins specifically – I guess I could lump Connor Cook in. Do you think they had a better supporting cast? Because this team is dropping a lot of balls. The receivers are not helping Lewerke or anybody. And and offensive line-wise, too. And there was a better running game in previous years. You go back to the the year that they really kicked butt, where they had four offensive linemen who made the NFL. They don't have that right now. They're not getting that. They have a couple of young guys that, that are actually redshirting this year who I think give them some promise in the future. Uh, but they're not there right now. This offensive line is not executing. You know, they're running backs. Okay, it, it, it's all right, but it's not the dynamic forces that they've had in the past. They're not. They don't have the kind of supporting cast that a mediocre quarterback can lift up or rise with. And I think that is a problem that they don't. They don't have the overall depth of talent that they had on the offensive side of the ball. Look at their receivers. You know, go back to. to Guys like 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 Mumphrey, you know, a guy who who had a cup of coffee in the NFL, but was a really good college receiver, a guy you could count on. They have that right now. They have the Felton Davis there. They don't have that. Let me ask you this question because you mentioned the offensive line. They had a pretty good recruiting class in the trenches with Devontae Dobbs, that five-star guard that they can play at guard or tackle. We haven't heard from him or seen him, and it's been puzzling given how bad the O-line is. It would stand to re- realize they're going to redshirt him. Right. Could I ask you, Jeff, is there a chance we see some of these younger offensive linemen play against Rutgers and Maryland in the final two weeks of the season? When, they're, when their redshirt doesn't matter because they, they're allowed four games. Yes, yeah. I, w- I would hope for D'Antonio's sake he realizes that that is the beneficial way to go, that the guys who are here who are seniors, they don't need to play anymore. We know what they got. They, yeah. they had a great run. Let them, let them get an honorary start and then bring the young guys in. So this is the remaining schedule for MSU. Again, a three-loss team already. They're going to get a bye week before playing Penn State. Loss. Okay. Then they have another bye week, and then they play Illinois at home. They should win that one. Okay. Should win. At Michigan. Uh, I'm going to go with Michigan they're gonna now, put the, but that's subject to change. Well, they're not going to empty the freshman against Michigan. They're going to play that right, game right. to win every oh, step. Oh, absolutely. But then after that is Rutgers-Maryland. And at that point, you go, hey, I I think we could be bowl eligible if we win these games, right? Right. They're they're four wins right now. If they beat Illinois, if they beat Michigan, they would be bowl eligible. Get, it, get your quick lane bowl tickets, folks. <sighs> Good game, fun game to go to. You ask what's the the three year plan for Michigan State to get better? I it's 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 a head scratcher. We got to hit a break and we come back. Not a head scratcher. 
Lions-Packers. I feel like I have some clarity in this matchup. I feel pretty good about the Detroit Lions. If you're a Lions fan and you're optimistic, let's talk about it. If you're a Lions fan and you're pessimistic, if you're concerned, if you're haunted by primetime ghosts of years past, I want to talk to you as well. And if you're a Packers fan, I suppose I'll take you too. It's the Sunday Tailgate, ESPN 961. Sunday Tailgate, brought to you by Gun Lake Casino and Coppercraft Distillery on ESPN 961. Sunday Tailgate, a show that was launched for Lions football Sundays. And it's become so much more. We're having fun with this, Jim. We are growing. We're getting, we're getting, I'm, I'm so excited to have Slows come on as a sponsor for the show to be out there next Sunday. Oh, every new pants. <laughs> new pants. Every Lions Sunday, starting next week, we'll be out at Slows Barbecue, 10 to noon, downtown Grand Rapids. New lunch and brunch menu, gearing up for big NFL Sundays. This week, a little different. Lions aren't playing today. We'll do our best bets coming up 11.45. Talk about some games that you should watch and some bets that you should make. I feel like we've been waiting forever for this Lions-Packers game because of the bye. It's it's so long. We haven't... We have... This is two weeks in a row we've gone between Lions games on this show. I know, and, and the Kansas City game feels forever ago. It's it's time to see. Did it take any luster off the Kansas City close game that they lost to the Chiefs or the loss to the Colts last week? No, because I, I think the Colts may have used some of the blueprint from the Lions. I agree with that. Also, Patrick Mahomes hurt last week, played hurt. Um, he'll be back this week. I, I think this week is interesting because people were excited about the Lions losing. I know there's more to it, but just the Lions losing on Kansas City against Kansas City was something people were excited about, and and it was because we liked how they played, right? Right. We liked a running game finally showing up. You liked the secondary containing and and giving Patrick Mahomes a really tough time, holding him to zero touchdowns. You liked that. You liked that you were the better football team on that day, and you shot yourself in the foot, and you were excited because better days were ahead. Well... Two weeks to prepare, primetime game, Green Bay. Was our our optimism justified? This is a justify it kind of game, right? Justify the excitement Lions fans have after the first month of the season. And I want to get to David in Kalamazoo, and then Jeff, I want to talk matchups in this game. David, you're on with uh, Jeff Risden and myself on the Sunday tailgate. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up? Not too much. Uh, I wanted to speak on the Packers-Lions matchup. Go for um, it. First off, I wanted to say uh, I'm a Packer fan, loyal since I was six years old. Sorry. It's <laughs> all right. We'll Good take on. you. I'm going to be I'm gonna be as unbiased as possible. Um, first off, I was talking to a buddy the other day, and we went matchup by matchup. Who has a better defense out of both teams? I think it's a toss-up. Uh, you got to go with the Packers. they I think the Packers right have now, a better pass rush. I'll take the Lions' run defense any day, though. Good point. Okay. Who has a better quarterback? Packers. Yeah. Better running back. I think that's a push. Uh, Jones is doing way better statistically once again than carry on. Last week, uh, Jones was great. I can go to the previous two games where he couldn't crack 50 sure. yards, but, you know, okay. Sure, sure. Um. And then wide receiver core, I kind of give you guys an edge, especially with Devontae Adams being out. Sure. 
Um, one thing I will say is the past years, being a Packers fan, watching the Lions shoot themselves in the foot, they're still kind of doing that. They did that against the Chiefs two weeks ago. True, and with the two fumbles another, inside another, the five, yep. Correct. And then another big thing is if we did have a hole on defense, it would be our run defense. And we aren't too scared of on Johnson. I mean, he's cracked 100 yards maybe once this year. Yeah, he had a really good running game against Kansas City, and that was his only really strong performance. It was against a porous Kansas City run defense, much the same way that your Packers have a porous Lions run defense. Are averaging 3.9 yards per carry, which is not great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, from what I'm seeing, I mean, you guys have came into Lambeau the past couple of years and gotten us. Um, there was the, the game last year where we missed all the field goals and such. Um, I see this as another game to where, for one, we're, we have a lot to prove. We're not going to let the Lions keep coming into our home. And you guys are somehow going to end up shooting yourself in the foot. David, history would say you're right on that front. The question is, is this Lions team different? And that's why this is that statement kind of prove it game for both teams, to be fair. And I love the he's, phone call, he's David. Right love. On. I can't dispute a lot of what he said. The Packers have a lot to prove in this game, too. This is a this is a win. They need this for their rookie coach. Jeff, if they win their 5-1, and one, they'll have wins over every team in their division, a division that currently doesn't have a team with a losing record. So it would be quite a statement to be the best team in the NFC North. Absolutely. And to say, we have Aaron Rodgers and a good defense. And that and formula don't. <laughs> and that formula won them a Super Bowl once upon a time. So yes, this is a moment for the Packers on national TV, for all the talking heads, for all the people to buy in on them being a Super Bowl team. Not saying beating the Lions in and of itself is a Super Bowl formula, but it would be the, the culmination of everything they've done right. so far. And I think the Lions have earned enough national respect that it will be one of those things where if Green Bay does win, okay, this was a good win. This it, it, Detroit's a tough team coming off of a bye with extra rest. They have won four games in a row in this series. Yeah, there, there's, there's a lot on Green Bay's plate here. Can, can they get the run game going again? Because they have not had it until last week. Can they do it without without Devontae Adams, you know, on the outside dictating safety coverage away? There's a lot going on with, with Matt LaFleur. This is a proving game for him as a rookie head coach. Well, do you remember in Tennessee his offenses were nothing special? The reason he got this job is he's young, offensive minded, could take him to the next level. But let's be fair about what his offense was in Tennessee. It was nothing special. And now he gets to go up against Matt Patricia, a defensive coach with two weeks to prepare. I think we've seen that Matt Patricia, especially in his second season, he can prepare for opponents as well as any coach in the league. Well, they've upgraded the talent to fit his liking, and you saw what Coleman and Flowers did last week or in their last game against Kansas City. They were two of the best players on the field. Those were free agents he wanted specifically. Exactly. And you've looked at their philosophy this year. Great piece by Justin Rogers in the Detroit News. They are blitzing the least of any team in football. And they are dropping back into coverage with seven or eight guys on most downs. And as a result, they're giving up just 55% completion, which the, is great. One of the other things that comes with that, there's also extra guys to tackle after the catch. Yes, you don't that give up the big huge. play. That so, is huge against Aaron Rodgers. Ben, don't break. That's the Patricia way. That's one thing to watch when the Packers have the ball. When the Lions have the ball, I actually think that's the more exciting matchup, Jeff, because the Packers' defense is their project. 
that's where they've put most of their resources. They've drafted how many young defensive backs in the last three years? Jeff, you're a draft guy. Way too many. A ton of them. They they spent first and second round picks on defensive backs in four of the last six years. (laughs) On top of that, they're two free agents. The Smiths are pass rushers coming off the outside linebacker spot. And they're good. And they each have five sacks this year. So that has been their project, the emphasis. And they look better. Yes, they do. But the offenses they've played are... The Chicago Bears and Mitchell Trubisky, who can't throw to his left. The Minnesota Vikings, who are bludgeoning themselves with a run game and, and really are struggling to figure things out. Yeah. You have... Um, who else have they played? They played the Eagles and lost. They played the Cowboys last week. And the Cowboys actually had eight yards per play. They just turned the ball over so many times. Bad deck. The Packers' defense has been so good because they forced turnovers. Not because they're stopping people playing and play out. So if you take care of the ball... You're going to move on them. And let's give the Lions credit as a unit that has improved the same way the Packers' defense has. The Lions under Jim Bob Cooter were a boring, flat, stagnant offense that was incredibly predictable. And that team still scored 30 points per game against the Packers. Now, inject the fact that they have a variety to their offense. I gave you the stat. Outside of the Rams, nobody has run more formations than the Lions. Isn't that crazy? And Bevel is using that to get matchups, to get eight they in the are, box. They are taking shots down the field. Yes, and then You're going deep. you Matthew yep. Stafford second in the league in air yards per attempt. Where the hell's that been? <laughs> Jeff Stafford this year has career best yards per attempt and yards per completion. He always had a big arm. Now they have an offense that lets him show it off. This year he has nine touchdowns to two picks. And a great stat that was thrown out this week, the uh, NFL next-gen stat dimes which are balls that travel in the air for 30 yards or more and are thrown into a window of one yard or less. And Matthew Stafford has the second most in the league since 2016. Consider the fact that the offense wasn't letting him do that for much of that time. There's a lot of that coming this year. It's more and more coming, more and more of his skill set. And oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers, 23rd in that stat. Really? Yeah. Yes, way the heck down there. In fact, he was third from the bottom of all qualifying players who've played all those seasons. Jeff, what about this? Lions are going to use a ton of formations. Tight ends, fullbacks, groupings of guys. Does that throw off a young Green Bay secondary at all? It could, and I hope it does. The The key will be to take advantage of when they make mistakes. On Stafford needs to see the field well. He's still missing some opportunities. Uh, there was a play against Kansas City where he he made the check down and he made the wrong read because he had uh, he had his tight end Jesse James going down the field down the seam open and didn't see him. You're going to have to take care take advantage of those situations. Green Bay's defense is good and Jair Alexander is a really good young cornerback. I like him a lot. They they're going to be missing Darnell Savage, their rookie safety. He is the speed on the back. Yeah, end. that's that, a big that, deal. That's a big loss for them. Well, especially for. Galladay, big-time matchups, one-on-one. He can be dominant. Right. Galladay is a guy who doesn't get open but still gives you a throwing window. Marvin Jones is a guy who I think think you're going to see a lot of him. I think you're going to see some Ty Johnson working against their line. Their line, their specifically inside linebackers are the weakness of their defense, relatively speaking. You can take advantage of them with carry-on and Ty Johnson getting out circle routes, things like that. Those are going to be open against the Packers. They need to hit those. They need to protect the football once they get that because the Packers are really good at, at attacking the football. That That's what they do. That's their M.O. It's going to be 
this is going to be a fun game. And I'm glad that the national audience is going to get to see the Lions hopefully at their best, hopefully rested and innovative because uh, I, Matt Patricia has impressed me a lot this year with his ability to adjust game opponent-specific game plans. That's what we were sold last year. We didn't see it all that much. We are seeing it this year. He's got something up his sleeve for Aaron Rodgers, and, and none of us know what it is, uh, but uh, I, I can't wait to see it. Lions were 2-0 and against Aaron Rodgers last year. Games that he started, Lions beat right. the Packers in both and, meetings. And he tapped out of the, sec- the second one. I don't blame him for that because they, they had no shot in that game. When we come back, Lions don't play today, but there's still football on currently right now over in London and games that will be taking you all until midnight tonight. What's a game or two you got to watch if you're a Lions fan or just a football fan? And we'll do our best bets. Next, Sunday Tailgate, ESPN 961. Essential listening for the West Michigan football fan. It's the Sunday Tailgate on ESPN 961. we got a few minutes to clean things up here, wrap things up. It's the Sunday Tailgate. I'm Jim Costa. He's Jeff Risden, producer Joe Arendt behind the glass. Show brought to you by Coppercraft Distillery, Gun Lake Casino, and Slow's Barbecue. We wrap up the show. It goes 10 to noon every Sunday. We wrap the show up with best bets. We only get to make one bet each. We have one pot of money that the show shares. We started with $100. By my math, we are down to 76 but we've been inching up each of the last three weeks. I hit three in a row. Two in a row. I've only hit two in a row. Joe had hit two in a row. Now, the, the bad news for this show is I can't take the over on the Buccaneers, which has just been money for me. They're currently playing. And they are getting trounced. <laughs> Not good. But you can give me an over-under, or you can give me uh, a point spread. Jeff, why don't you go first? So I'm going to go to a game that I am very curious to watch this afternoon. It's probably the best game on the early afternoon slate, and that's the Houston Texans against the Kansas City Chiefs. The over-under on this game is 54.5 points. Last week, Houston scored 53. I'm not saying that they're going to score that again, but Kansas City's defense, I think we've seen, isn't all that good. Very quietly, the Houston Texans' offensive line is getting really good. Laramie Tunsil has solidified things. I can see Houston putting up 40 against Kansas City. No Sammy Watkins for for Kansas City, but that offense, I think they're going to make some adjustments and find ways. I like the over on this game a lot. Give me $5 on the over with the Chiefs and the Texans. And I do think, by the way, that the the Texans win this game outright. Okay. Joe, you got a game? Yeah, I'm going to do kind of a cop-out because I – I, I'm the one who messed this up last week. Sorry, guys. Thank you, Chargers. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to go to a pick em. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Seattle and Cleveland, which is kind of odd that this one is a pick That line I'm, has been all over the place. I'm going to take Seattle to win. <laughs> yeah. Oh, not a bad decision. So that game was Seattle was favored by two. Then two of their starting offensive linemen and their backup for one of the guys who's out are all out of the game. So the line swung to Cleveland being favored by one. Now it's gone back to even. It's it's all over the place. Yeah, now there's rumors that OBJ's on the trade block, too, for Cleveland. Never know. <clears throat> Lions. Not, not um, going to happen. No, it's not. But uh, I'll take $3 on Seattle. $3 on Seattle. We've got $5 on the over in uh, yeah. Houston, By the way, if, if you're City. a Browns fan and want to watch that game, the Beer City Brownsbackers are out at Uccello's at the Beltline. Go out and check them out. Uh, they're a good group of guys. 
All right, I've been doing over-unders every week and been hitting the over every single time, but I know it's going to come back and bite me at some point, so I'm going to avoid doing an over-under right. this week. Going bold. I'm going to take the Lions getting three and a half points. On Monday night, you're going to take the Lions with with Matt Prater from 55 yards. I'm getting more than a field goal for a team I think is going to win straight up, so I've got some insurance if the Lions try to blow this on us, guys, and I'm going to put $10. Whoa! <laughs> Joe through the glass. Hey, I'm with him. I think the Lions <laughs> win handily. Wow, I do. Okay, so we're gonna put ten dollars of our show pot on the Lions to win on Monday night. Wow, that's bold, baby. Uh, speaking of the Monday night game, if you want to come out and see me, or more likely, you want to come out and see Big Drew, we're both gonna be at the Biggie's Sports Grill on the Beltline, just north of 28th Street. We're going to be there. We, we do the show from 3 to 6, but then we're going to get out right away, hustle and bustle on over there, knowing the belt line. We may get there a couple minutes late, but 6.30-ish is when we're going to arrive, and I'm going to stay at least through the first half. So come out and see us. I have Lions-Vikings tickets that I'm going to register people for tomorrow. Again, that is Monday Night Football, Lions, Packers, Big Drew and I both hanging out, East Beltline location for Big E Sports Grill. By the way, for those of you on the lakeshore, Big E's in Holland has become a bit of a Packers bar. Really? That needs to change tomorrow night, folks. Get yeah. out there. I will not be able to make it out there, but uh, we need to see more Lions representation. The last time I was there, there was probably, I don't know, 40% Packers fans in that bar, some Vikings fans, which is understandable because Kirk Cousins is local. But uh, Lions fans were not a plurality in that, and that, that, that bothered me. Make that happen. Get out there. Enjoy the food, too. Looking forward to it. All right, guys, we talked it to death. Enjoy the games today. Enjoy Monday night tomorrow. Don't miss Big Drew and Jim. We'll be on the air Monday, 3 p.m. This is the Sunday Tailgate on ESPN 961. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.